burdens, the bureaucratic nature of the administration, dishonest colleagues, rejected manuscripts, or inhumane workloads. Sure, Monday was usually the worst. Over the weekend, a backlog of agitation and anxiety would build up, and faculty members might need long-term paid sick leave to recuperate if it didn't get vented. And yet Thursdays were bad, too because they were so close to Saturday that they got people's eyelids and the corners of their mouths twitching. Which is why there was an unwritten rule in the department that Thursday was the day for encouragement and collegial camaraderie. Usually I made time for it, because being a part of this workplace demanded small talk and commiseration. But not today. Today I broke the rules and sat silent as a mouse, holding my breath, waiting for the desperate people to shuffle along. Maybe that was wrong of me, but I just wasn't up to their doom and gloom today. The ones in high heels moved on right away, but the most pitiable ones, the ones in sneakers, loafers, or sandals with socks, stood there for a while. I could hear their breathing through the door as they lingered, listening to make sure there really was testing in progress, until they eventually sighed heavily and moved on toward the break room or the copy room. Despite these measures, I only finished about half of what I had planned to get done. And when I left, I had to stuff my organic cotton bag full of folders and books so I could do some more work later at home. It wasn't until I walked past the open door to the meeting room and noticed Peter Walsh in there carrying teacups that I recalled the reminder that had been blinking in my calendar for a good week. Ah, we seem to be the first ones here, he said to me. Huh? Everyone else is late. Late? I don't know why we don't just set all the meetings to start at a quarter past. We're brainwashed into thinking only in academic quarter-hour blocks of time. Why don't we just accept that? Oh, right, I said. The meeting. Actually, I have to, uh... There you are, said a voice. In you go. The chair of the department gave me a gentle nudge from behind, so I stumbled into the windowless meeting room where one by one the rest of the department quickly materialized. I knew I had to speak up now, right away, and say something. I could not be a party to this. I opened my mouth, but then closed it again. I hated meetings. I hated the pointless discussions, the trite, predictable sense of humor, the endless aggressions that dragged on ad nauseum, and the crazy compulsion to bring up and discuss every last little thing and squeeze it in under other matters of business. That's why we hardly had a single meeting when I was the faculty coordinator for the department. I received almost daily emails back then, questioning why we never had any meetings, along with suggestions about topics we could meet about. But I just hit delete and pretended I hadn't ever seen them. They should have been as happy as clams to get out of all those meetings. They should have thanked me for making the tough decisions on my own and letting them spend their work days working, writing, publishing, providing guidance and teaching, all the stuff we were actually being paid to do. The result was that I was stripped of the title. I think it would be best if we let someone else take over as faculty coordinator for a while, the chair had said contemplatively. There have been complaints, you see, reports that people's sense of community in the department is taking a hit. People miss having a forum for dialogue. That's because people use these meetings as an excuse for not working, I thought. And I wouldn't have it. I hadn't attended a single meeting in the department since being asked to step down as coordinator. Until now. 
I stared lugubriously across the table, where Ingvil was taking her seat. Her hair was gathered into two scrawny braids that hung limply from either side of her head. They dangled when she leaned forward, like little mouse tails. She set down her phthalate-free thermal travel mug, which she had bought at a conference in Germany, and which could almost be considered a bodily appendage. During my stint as faculty coordinator, she'd implied several times that I ran things with authoritarian tendencies. The chair had mentioned that as well. I'm not saying that you do, she said. But if people perceive it that way, we have a problem. Ingvil thinks everyone has authoritarian tendencies, I'd said. That's what her life is based on. She's a perpetual victim. Who said we were talking about Ingvil? The chair had responded. I watched Ingvil now, slurping coffee out of her eco-friendly mug, pulling out.